Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company, to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road, to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life. Because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's happening at their companies. With us today, I'm happy to have him back again, Etienne Grima, Chief Executive Officer of Cardiocom Solutions, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol EKG. Now, for those of you who are new to the story, and that's going to be some of you, because Cardiocom has had a great long history, a lot of legacy shareholders, but really emerging back with some great new developments and uh, attracting a lot, a, a lot of new shareholders. So for those of you who are new to the story, uh, Cardiocom technically is a, lead, a leading global provider of consumer heart monitoring and electrocardiogram solutions, ECG solutions. Now, in layman's term, what that means is they're essentially connecting your heart to the cloud for remote monitoring, which is way different, way better, way more efficient than what a clunky system we have today where you walk into a hospital or a clinic for an appointment to get hooked up to these big expensive machines and hope that your heart shows, you know, any of the issues it's been having at that time when you're being tested. This remote heart monitoring is a game changer. Now, more than just lip service, the company's had 20 years of successful licensing to hospitals, physicians, and, uh, and remote, remote uh, patient monitoring platforms, multiple, multiple award winner, sold in, in multiple countries, and clearances from the European Union, the US, and Canada. And on February 25th, on that note, here's what we're really going to talk about. They received FDA clearance for their direct-to-consumer sales. That's a smartphone app. It was big news. Etienne, welcome back. Hi, George. How are you? Glad to be back. Well, listen, I'm great, but I think you're even better, right? Uh, FDA clears cardio, read the headline, FDA clears cardio, cardio plum solutions. Uh, it's novel ECG smartphone app and a heart check device for direct-to-consumer sales. Yes. How big is this? Well, for us, this is really big. Um, this FDA clearance was done entirely by this company. Uh, we used our, uh, our experience from the past FDA clearance from the heart check pen and the work that we've been doing to develop that software backend that you talked about, that software backend that's used by hospitals and we've brought it into the consumer market. Um, it wasn't an easy one. I talked about this at the last interview that we did. Um, the FDA can let things go either way, but we got this clearance and there are two important components of this clearance. One is it's a device that we brand. I use the, the phrase that, you know, it's going to be the sharp end of the spear to get into a marketing channel way better when you're controlling the device yourself, but it's not, the be-all and end-all. It really helps. Um, we have other devices that we're going to be working with as well. But that app, that app is already was already cleared by the FDA as an extension to the hospital software that we've been using. It's a simplified right. version. So anybody who downloads it is not using something made by a consumer device company. You're, you're using something made by a hospital software engineering company. That app has been simplified in certain areas 
have been have been removed from access from consumers, but it's the same kind of system that hospitals and doctors have been, have used for many years. That app works with different devices. That's unusual. Most companies build a device, build an app, and that's it, one-to-one -one relationship. We didn't do that for the hospital market. We have multiple types of hospital devices that work, so hospitals right. can buy whatever they want from whomever they want, whatever they need to. Why not have consumers the right to pick which device to use? So I would like to fast forward and see 20, 30 different types of ECG devices that people can buy from anywhere in the world where it's on the list of supported devices. You download one app, that one app ties any of those devices together with a credible backend that allows you to have it reviewed by a physician or a technician, allows it to get into a hospital system that might be using our, our own hospital-based software, allows people to get ECG reports quickly. Um, it's incredibly important for us. And it's, it's, we've moved now from a USB-connected device, which, you know, it was our legacy system, to now the first Bluetooth FDA-cleared connection with the app, and the rest is going to be easy now. So, you know, you're, de you're device agnostic, but up until this point, you've done most of your work by either your own devices or partnering people that have devices and then you sell their devices, right? Yes. Why, not, why not let this software free, right? Uh, why not look at devices where you're, where you're not selling the hardware, mm. you're just selling the app and the software. So anybody who's got a device around the planet, whether it's, a, it's an Android device because you're in the Google Play Store right now, uh, or an Apple device, because you've applied to the Apple Store and waiting for that approval. So yeah. why not just let it fly all over the world and not worry about the hardware and become more of a software company? You know, George, uh, that's a really insightful question. Um, why not? Why not develop an app that doesn't have to work with devices that we're going to sell? It removes a lot of obligation on our part and it allows us to go into populations of device sales that have been going on for years. Right. I would say that you're likely going to see something like that soon, where there's a model where we'll work with device companies who are interested in our back end, our back office solution, who don't really want us to sell their products because they might already be big enough or selling enough of them, but they see this as a value add for the people who have been using their devices Many of these companies use the phrase, take an ECG, share it with your doctor. We hear that from everybody. What does that mean? There isn't a doctor who's going to want to have any of his patients suddenly sending ECGs into his system at the whim of the patient, and now he has an obligation or she has an obligation to review those ECGs and read them. And if they don't, there could be a liability. So what they want is to be able to see the ECGs that matter in a way that they're used to seeing them that fits their workflow. So why not the sharing of the, of the ECG with your physician, why not run it through a hospital system where they're already set up to read ECGs from people who are outside of the hospital? So, you know, that's, um, that's something that speaks to an area that we have been developing. And it is a good model. If the app was available for a couple of dollars a month and you had the access to produce ECG reports from a credible FDA cleared, Health Canada cleared solution, that's better than some companies can provide because they give you a red light, green light, yellow light reading as to something is wrong. Or the ECG report isn't, isn't sufficient for someone like a physician to put into their EMR. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Some people can't get yeah, a doctor. Red, red light, green light, yellow light just means I have to go back into the clunky system, right? And have oh, your oh, oh, I see a yellow light or a red light. I got to call my cardiologist doctor, make an appointment that's a yes. month down the road, sit there for two hours in the waiting room, get hooked up to these machines, and yes. hope the symptoms I was showing during the, my yellow red light a month exactly. ago, I just show up. That's why I hate that system. But that's what we're stuck with. So and then those yeah. are out there. Those are out there. So why not enable those people who've developed good devices? These are good companies. They've done what they could. They're offering a service. Why not have them be able to turn on an option for ECG reading that doesn't compete with their sales? It yeah. complements. And you know, maybe there'd be a revenue share with these companies because it's through their marketing that this app is going to be picked up by their users. All right, so I'm glad you're saying that because commercialization is one thing I want yes. to ask. It's one of my bullet points, commercialization. So you have FDA approval, right? Let's talk about commercialization on, on what you're focusing on for now because it sounds like something's coming on the software side, global app sales. But on the, on the commercialization side for hardware, how does commercialization now look for you now that you've gotten FDA approval? Because typically somebody gets FDA approval that opens up markets yeah what is it opened up for you now and how are you going to hit those markets so there's a couple of points to look at when you're a software manufacturer you have to have hardware to work with it or no one will use your software right so the model is we've paired with certain hardware companies and these hardware companies um, have allowed us to put a branded device together that shows it's qualified with our system and it's that model one you know where we're going to help to sell the devices these companies want to sell their hardware and they're set up to sell their hardware. So they're going to co-market with us. So those agreements that we announce about uh, the telemedicine platforms who need to sell a monitoring solution, they're going to co-market our package, which is hardware and software. These hardware companies that we've worked with are going to co-market our software to enable more sales of their hardware because our software is more advanced right. than what they provide. So, the first phase is always going to be a follow through. It's a passive draw. Companies are already selling. They already have a captive audience. They already have marketing dollars. They already have people buying their solution. They need this. We're going to go follow in there. And I presume, and, hold on, and I presume that FDA clearance means their selling becomes even more effective now because it can say FDA cleared product. Right. So many devices that are cleared as an FDA device have an app that allows you to go from the device to the smartphone, create a report. Maybe it goes to the cloud, back to the phone, and you got a report, right? But that report is not suitable for a physician interpretation or inclusion in an, MR, uh, an EMR and to access billing codes. So ours is. Second, there's no reading service. We have that. So that's a big advantage. And that reading service is run through a cloud-based solution. That has a different FDA clearance. So yeah, it's going to add credibility to right. the added options provided to their customers, for sure. Let's talk about response from the industry outside of your current hardware partners. Uh, I'm assuming that the industry sees a press release like this and you get calls from Georgia's Hardware, Health Hardware Company and Bob's. So did that, is it too soon to get that kind of response? Well, or is that, no, response that happens a lot. That happens. So when we write a press release, our, our first obligation is, of course, to our shareholders. They need to know what we're doing. The press releases are written to hit a wide audience, not just the shareholders who are retail investors you know, or the institutional investors 
who are looking for a way of returning on an investment, but it's also to the device software service provider right. um, partners that we're building these solutions to match. And they're looking for news and, and latest cutting edge technologies and ways to, to improve their offering and become more efficient. So these press releases get noticed by many people, by the big companies and the small ones, by the startups and the established groups. And we get queries from all sorts of companies about hardware partnerships, new devices, new implementation of our software in different types of, um, let's say, academic or research or clinical trials um, uh, requests. This press release, because it's an app-based, sorry, a smartphone-based app, is different for us because we've never been on a smartphone before. So this has opened a whole new population of interest for us. It's a different demographic. We still have the USB connected device, which still addresses that first demographic, but this has opened our market opportunity uh, for sales, because everybody has a smartphone now, and for new partnerships. Let's move on to new FDA applications. So most companies would love to have the clearance you've received already from the FDA. You know, it's like blackjack. They stick there. You know, have a have a, have a celebration, go on commercialize, and pull. you're already moving on to the next one. You just announced this just uh, on March the fifth. Yes. So you're preparing new FDA applications. This time, it seems like it's arrhythmia. Uh, it's 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 arrhythmia product for hospitals, clinics, and commercials and commercial scanners. So, how are these different? from the consumer product that we've just been talking about, where you just got the FDA product. How do, how do these ones differ? So most people are familiar with the AliveCore AFib detection app, the Cardia, really good product, really good company. They're now familiar with Apple Watch and they have two FDA clearances to look at arrhythmia detection. So we're familiar with some sort of artificial intelligence or software that reads a biosign and says, hey, this does not work. This is not fitting in the normal box. Something is not right. And they, these two clearances say, what's not right is AFib is suspected. So they'll tell you if it's atrial fibrillation suspected, normal sinus rhythm, maybe a high or low heart rate because it gives you heart rate reading or an unknown something else. So we're all familiar with something giving us a warning. Same with glucose readings or body temperature. We understand what normal is, we know what abnormal is, and the abnormal is picked to, to one type of an arrhythmia. So we're going to be developing a set of solutions based on uh, a platform of algorithms that will record or will analyze recorded ECGs for many different types of conditions that may exist, which will be for the hospital use. Wide QRS, ECG pause, high heart rates, low heart rates, skip beats, uh, perhaps, you know, bundle branch blocks. These are all terms used by your physician when you've gotten a 12 lead. ECG yeah, not by us because I've never really heard of those, but obviously right. used by physicians. So the consumer doesn't hear that. But in those, in that population of, of algorithms, there are some, some that we are familiar with, atrial fibrillation. So we're going to take that out. And we're going to put it into a consumer cleared algorithm to go on a smartphone to work with GEMS Mobile. So now you can be taking an ECG, you can ask someone to review it, you can print off a native ECG without asking someone to review it, show it to your physician. And now you can have an option for a real time or near real time algorithm result saying AFib, 
normal, just like the other guys. The second one we're going to add is something that people don't talk about much, which is called QT interval prolongation. It's a part of your ECG that if it gets too long, takes too long for a certain for the electricity to go through your heart in a certain uh, time, you're at risk for sudden cardiac death. The tragedy here is there's no warning, which is why it's called sudden cardiac death. The first symptoms usually are you die. So this prolonged QT interval is not easy to read. And to develop an algorithm that could be applied for consumer device use would be groundbreaking. I'm not aware of anyone who has this. So you could, That's, this algorithm could pick up this, this duration, this, this delta, this change in advance of sudden death. It's not going to pick it up a minute before and I die. So well, you see, we're, people may be walking around with a prolonged QT and, and something will trigger an arrhythmia or an arrhythmic event. It's called the torsade de point. It's, a, it's the tornado of the heart. It's a French term. So when this, it's like a rubber band. You can stretch a rubber band, stretch a rubber band. It won't snap. But when it snaps, it's broken. It's not a rubber band anymore. So if this QT interval is prolonged, it's like a rubber band under stress. And at some point in time, it will snap. Right? When it'll snap... It's, it's, it's unknown. And so if you can find that the time is prolonged, there are simple medications to treat this that can drastically reduce your risk from this sudden cardiac uh, you know, death. And symptoms or examples, exa I mean, of these events are when athletes collapse in the middle of a game. Mm -hmm. They typically have what's called a conductance disorder in their heart, which is screenable many times with an ECG. Um, but it's not just athletes who suffer from this. You hear about this all the time. So they're very healthy and they drop dead and they didn't have heart disease. It's but that was advocate. That was advocate. Uh, who, where does the man come from for products like that? Because, okay, I'm 51 years old, right? Uh, I feel relatively good. I'm not, I don't think I'm showing any symptoms of anything. Now, what you're telling me is I could be and I don't know. But what would drive me to go out and, you know, buy this product? Uh, why would I go and buy it? If I don't know I have a problem. See, I, I just want to play devil's advocate. Like, where does the demand, or is this for, is this specifically meant for people who are in troubled demographics for, hey, you know, 50 year old guys of this kind of make should have this, or young right. athletes between the ages of 14 and 18 should have this. So we could, is that where it comes from? Or, or are you just counting on people who just want to look after the health and say, you know what, I'm going to buy this because I want to make sure. Uh, my, my family's got a history of heart attacks. I want to make sure that I don't drop dead. So I'm just, where does the demand come from? Because it's a great product. Don't be wrong, but you don't know you have the problem. So how do you buy it? So in 2012, when we came out with the HeartCheck ECG pen, it was the only consumer available ECG device on the market in Canada and the United States. And the initial market response was, why do I need to take an ECG? I go to my doctor, I go to emergency, I have a friend who's a nurse. We were very early, we were too early, we were ahead of our time. It was before you know, all the fitness and smartphone connected devices came to, came to be. Today, people understand, looking at their step counts, their calorie counts, they take pictures of their food, they monitor their intake, they do glucose monitoring by their phone. ECGs are still one of these things that people think are a holy grail for the hospitals to do, but they're not. Um, it's easier to do. And, and, and companies like AliveCore and Apple have reduced the, the capacity for people to understand that. They understand, I can do this, and there's meaning in it, and there's more acceptance in doing these tests. So 
it's going to change more and more with time as self-monitoring continues. The big driver though will be how physicians and hospitals try to educate their patients on being more in control of managing their risk factors because hospitals are for about seeing people when they're sick. You talk about prevention, primary prevention before I ever get sick, secondary prevention is I don't want to get sick again with the same problem or get it worse. And so a lot of what, a, a lot of these companies who make health monitoring devices truly benefit from physician advice. It's not the patient coming yeah. and telling the doctor what to do. It's the doctor recommending something to the patient. Okay. So the patients are more and more doing this because these devices are going through better and better scrutiny and getting better and better qualified and, and, and are moving more and more from the consumer toy stuff to more of a medically relevant solution with FDA That's clearances. Awesome. And this, we're already way over on the right side with the hospital, moving now towards the consumer side, bringing with it all the FDA clearances. But commercialization so, is still mostly coming from people who are at risk, but slowly turning towards more consumer people looking after themselves. Yeah, and when you know you're at risk, right? You go to the doctor, the doctor says there's something wrong. Well, that's a population, so your doctor's going to tell you what to do. You, or you go to the doctor and I don't feel well. So now it's the self-identified, the worried well, or maybe the worried sick, as you had said. The amount of people who are going to want to take an ECG when they're, when they're totally healthy might be the athletes, the ones who are looking at an ECG as an indicator of uh, training. You know, yeah, I want to put this on my twins. I got twin boys who are 16, they're athletes. I'm, I'm thinking of putting it on them because knock on wood, God forbid, but you hear these stories and you say, well, we didn't know that little Johnny had the pre-existing condition. That's right. We, known we could have treated it, but instead an athlete drops dead. You know, that ounce of prevention, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so the idea is it was always hard to take an ECG. Now it's not. You invest a couple of hundred dollars, you know, you use it a few times a year, it's an ounce of prevention. I used to be on debates with panels with physicians saying, you're gonna start screening the entire world and all these extra burden on the healthcare system is gonna come up because people who aren't really sick or sick enough are gonna go through it. And really the benefit, like let's say screening for children who have prolonged QT, the benefit is one in a million, let's say. Well. You know, I have three children. Each of them are one in a million. I'll do the test to know. So it's not I, a burden. I've, I've, I've always said, yeah, what I've always said about that is long, yeah, very low probability, but catastrophic result if it happens. And it affects us deeply, right. our family members. So here's an ounce of prevention with a proven set of tools, whether it's a CardioCom tool or an AliveCore tool or an Apple tool, there are going to be more and more people relying on these tests to understand, am I healthy? How healthy am I? How sick am I? Am I getting better? Am I getting worse? My doctor told me about something I want to understand, you know, is one, is his opinion correct? Because, you know, they need evidence, they need data. So the more tests you can do with them, better they can help you move through a treatment, you know, for whatever might be ailing you. Right, so is, the one thing I want to say is when we sure. came up with a heart check pen in 2012, it's because we knew that people monitored by the hospital systems that used our software would come back after two weeks of being monitored without something abnormal being found. We knew that in 2000 and, well, 2010 when we started doing the work. So our idea was to bring to the consumers the option to properly monitor yourself, kind of like the doctor was doing it, in between seeing your doctor, especially if you're in between tests. 
because you have a right to monitor yourself, right? It's, 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 it's putting your heart health in your own hands used to be our tagline. So, you know, well, I've always wondered, I've always wondered why we can't have systems. To, and this is, I think this is a, I don't want to say a godsend, but it's pretty close. I've always wondered why we can't just pre-screen an ounce of prevention being worth a pound of, of uh, medicine or whatever. I'm sorry, I'm yes. there, but you get the idea. So, yes. no, I, I think it's uh, clearly it's tremendous. I'm glad you explained that most of the demand from at the beginning is still going to come from at-risk people, but slowly going to float over. Like I can tell you right now, I can see this being a birthday gift for athletes, you know, 14 years old. Someone says, hey, look, here's, here's, here's a gift for your family. Yeah, it's a couple hundred bucks. I'm not sure what the price point is, but here it is, a couple hundred bucks. You just for your family, you yeah. just for all the kids, you know, as they, and, and make sure everything's okay. And let me let me qualify something. The clearance for a lot of these devices, like our device, this recent one, says 20 years and over. But the clearance understands that it can be used by a family. So the person who buys it and is the primary user is 20 years or over. And can it be used on your children? With supervision, and as long as it's stated that this is a child's report, you can still collect ECGs and disclose that to your physician. But the, you know, anybody under 20 is not supposed to be buying the device, is not supposed to be the primary user. So you can buy it and you can That's use it. Yeah, it's a family. It's a family. Yeah, a but the HardCheck Pen, the first software we had called Gems Home, was cleared for up to five users, five registered users, which was a family. Yep. Yep. No, that's – I'm going to end it with this. It seems like Cardiocom's really turning a corner in 2019. It seems like you've hit another gear. So let's end off this. Let's end this off with, uh, you know, what you see for the remainder of the year. It over, you know, big picture, how fast the company seems to be accelerating now, where, where you see it going. Right. Well, we spent the last two years, two and a half years, on a roadmap of different products bringing them out to market um, at different stages. And you've now seen a confirmation that we said we we're going to come out and apply for at the clearance in 2018. We announced it. it was a little delayed because of reviews. We were hoping to have it in December. We yep. got it, um, you know, just recently. Um, we talked about the algorithms that we're going to be submitting for FDA review. This has taken a long time to build. Um, you're going to see more updates from us because we have spent the last two and a half years, we used the phrase in 2012, getting our ducks in a row. Um, experience has taught us what we really need to do to get our ducks in a row. And I believe that this would be a good year for Cardiocom and the release of new products and picking up new markets and expanding what we're going to be selling into globally. Well, it certainly seems like it. You've already got FDA clearance on a set of products. You're going for more. So I, I, I'm glad you said that because uh, I was trying to read into it, but I, I'd rather come from your mouth than from mine because you know the vision of the company. So, Etienne, thanks for being here today. It sounds like you're going to be back a lot this year and uh, looking forward to you know the next big piece of news out of you so that we can have you back on the show and show everyone how Cardiocom is moving his business along. Well, thank you very much. I, I always enjoy sharing the information. I want our shareholders to feel free. They can email. I get a lot of emails from shareholders. Um, we try to answer all of them within the limits. You know, we can't disclose insider information. Um, but we value those people who take the interest to contact us and, uh, and they contribute to 
other shareholders knowledge by sharing it with them through blogs or through emails. So this is an important tool and, and I welcome the opportunity to speak with you. And uh, take this moment to remind everybody at home who's watching this, to, if you want to get your questions answered, get to the Agoracom forum for Cardiocom Solutions, post your questions for everybody to see, and then let Etienne and his team answer them for everybody to see. And that just makes it a better experience and more efficient for Etienne, rather than answering you know, the same question 10 or 20 times, which clearly he's happy to do, but let's keep his time more in the business and let's get those answers and questions out there in the cloud. Much like CardioCom is taking the heart to the cloud, let's take the questions and answers to the cloud so everyone can see them. Thanks for everyone at home for joining us. You've been watching Etienne Grima, he's CEO over CardioCom Solutions. The company trades on the TSX Venture on the stock symbol EKG. Get to the Agoracom Forum. For those of you who are new to the company, get to their hub, look up their profile, watch the last interview we did, rewatch this one, check out the press releases, Post your questions, get your due diligence done. That's what the company's here for. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.